Mark chapter 2, and we've been dealing with soul winning for the last month or so. And this message fits right in with our emphasis on soul winning. Mark chapter 2, we're going to look at the first 12 verses. I want you to follow along with me. Mark 2, verses 1 through 12. The Bible says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reason within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Father, once again, we ask for your blessing. We ask you to bless the preaching of your word, the declaring of your truths. You know the need of every heart, every person here tonight. I pray that you would meet each need. I pray that I'd be able to say something that would be a help and encouragement to them. And Lord, that something would be said that would stir folks to be more diligent and faithful and ardent about the matter of soul winning. We know that's your heartbeat. Help us understand that and be soul winners, one and all. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. What does it take to get folks to Jesus? Well, <clears throat> in the text that we've read here, we find a narration of an event that took place relatively early in the three-and-a-half-year ministry of Christ. Jesus, as we read here, has come once again to the city of Capernaum. And we know that Jesus was no stranger to this city. Capernaum was somewhat of a hub in the ministry of Christ, and we find him there oftentimes in the gospel accounts. As was the usual occurrences, when Jesus came to town, the news of his arrival spread quickly, and great crowds of people gathered around him. 
They wanted to see him, they wanted to hear him, and they wanted to see him do miracles. As we read Mark's account, we learn of something very special happening on this occasion while Jesus is in town. Jesus, we're told, was inside a house ministering to various people, preaching the word, the Bible says, and a great crowd had gathered around that house. Suddenly, four men appear, and they're carrying a fifth man on a stretcher. These four men had brought a crippled man, one sick with the palsy, and they had brought him to Jesus in hopes that Jesus would heal this man. However, as they approached the house, the crowd prevented them from getting to Jesus. But these men were not to be denied. And we learn that they, in their, in their wisdom, I guess you would call it, decided they would climb up on the roof, and they made a hole in the roof of the house, and they let down this man on this stretcher uh, with ropes right into the very presence of Jesus. Now, when Jesus saw their efforts, he was moved, he says, by their faith and the man's plight. And the end of the story is Jesus heals this palsied man. Here, then, we have a narrative of an actual event. This is, this is not a parable. This is something that really did happen. And this narrative was not included just to fill space or to make the story of Jesus' life flow more smoothly. God included this narrative to teach us some vital spiritual truths. One primary truth taught in this narration is the importance of getting people to Jesus Christ. Here was a man with a dire need. We know that he was unable to help himself. We also know that no one else had been able to help him in his situation. But here's four men who heard of Jesus and his ability to heal the sick, and so they determined to get their friend to the one who could meet his need. One lesson we can glean from this story is the importance of us getting people to Jesus. We cannot meet the spiritual needs of others, but we can work to get people to the one who can meet their spiritual need. I want to speak on the subject of what does it take to get people to Jesus. We shall see what it took in the lives of these four men to get their friend to Jesus. As we do, we shall see take these same things in our lives to get people to Jesus. What does it take to get people to Jesus? Well, the first thing it takes, and we see it here, is compassion and concern for other people. In verses 3 and 4, it tells us, And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not, <clears throat> they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. If we're going to get people to Jesus, we're going to have to be a people who are concerned and have compassion on lost people. In Jude 22, the Bible says, And as some have compassion, making a difference. Over in Psalm 126, very familiar verses, verses 5 and 6. 
They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. As we read about these four men, we realize they displayed compassion and concern. We understand that they knew the plight of this man. They knew his sickness. They knew how long. They knew what he went through every day. And only, it's interesting that out of all the people, that great big crowd that has surrounded this house, there were only four men who showed care and compassion for this poor crippled guy. There are others who could have been, or these four could have behaved like all the others there and uh, just kind of maybe ignored this guy, pretended that, that they didn't know about him, or maybe they could have avoided, avoided this needy one and just stayed away from him. But they didn't. When they found out Jesus was in town, they went to him and they picked him up, put him on a stretcher and carried him. And it brings us to this, out of all those people, there were only four who cared about this crippled man. And as I said, if we're going to be soul winners, we have to learn to have compassion and concern for lost people today. That's their need. This man's need was a physical healing. People's need today is to come to Christ and know Christ as their Savior. And here's the thing. We dare not ignore the lost masses that are all around us. We're, we're surrounded by lost people. And we must not ignore them. We need to understand they need the Lord. And not only should we not ignore them, we shouldn't avoid them. As a matter of fact, we ought to look to confront them and, uh, and, and reach out to them when and where we can. That means we have to go where they are. I've said many times, if you want to catch fish, you've got to go where the fish are. We need to go where they are. That's why we have a Thursday night soul winning. To encourage you to go where the lost people are. Too often we want to just kind of look out there and see them and, and say, yeah, it's sad that they're not saved and then do nothing about it. Well, that's not going to cut it. And then we need to do whatever we can to get them to Christ. Our bus ministry is one of the ways we're trying to get people to Christ. The safe harbor ministry. The Sunday school. The organized soul winning. Even the encouragement to hand out tracts. These are all efforts we're trying to make to get people to Christ. And we have to make those efforts and we have to be compassionate and concerned that people are dying and going to hell. And that compassion and concern should move us to activity. We must not shift the responsibility to other people. Listen, each one of us as a believer has been commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ to take the gospel to lost people. Say amen. Every one of us is commanded to take the gospel to lost people. How are you doing with that? It's not an option. And by the way, uh, soul winning is not a gift. 
Sometimes people say, well, I just don't have that gift of evangelization. Nobody has that gift. It's not a gift. It's a command. And we need to do it. We need to take our responsibility seriously. We must see the unsaved as lost and in need of Christ. What's it take to get people to Jesus? Number one, it takes compassion and concern. Number two, it takes faith to get people to Jesus. The Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, you see, these men believed Jesus could heal this crippled man. They had no doubt in their mind if they could get this crippled man to the Lord, he would be healed. They knew all who came to him would be accepted and would be healed. They had obviously seen him work before and heard about his works before. We need to have faith in order to get people to Jesus. That means we have to believe Jesus can and does save lost sinners. We need to believe that Jesus is the only one, the only way, the only hope lost people have on getting to heaven when they die. We need to believe that by faith. Listen, there's a lot of people out there who tell you there are other ways to heaven. We have Mormons, we have Jehovah's Witness, we have Muslims, we have all manner of people that have their own way of getting to heaven and none of them will work. We know by faith there is only one way and that way is Jesus Christ. We need to believe Jesus will save any and all who call upon him and in that, I'm saying that we need to understand there is no sinner too vile or too wicked or too far gone for Jesus to save. This fellow they took was, was a crippled man, a palsied man, who obviously had been very sick, and uh, no one knew how to do anything for him. No one else could heal him, but they took him to the one who could, and he got healed. So it takes compassion and concern to get people to Jesus, and it takes faith. The third thing it takes to get people to Jesus is willing workers. Hmm. Let me, let me run these by. Compassion and concern. Unquestioning faith. Willing workers. You know, these four fellows no doubt had lives of their own. And they probably could have well said, well, I don't have time. Uh, I got other things to do uh, rather than help this man. But that's not how they were. They were willing workers. Nobody had to make them bring this man. Nobody had to buttonhole them to bring this man. They were concerned enough about him that they just decided we're going to do it of their own volition. And, you know, they worked hard to get him to Jesus. Willing workers. Number one, they had to carry him to Jesus. Have any of you ever carried somebody in a stretcher? That's not an easy job. And there's one on, on, on each corner carrying him, and uh, not an easy job. I don't know how far they had to carry him, but I know they had to put forth the effort to do that. 
They carried him to where Jesus was, and when they got there, they're facing the crowd. They can't get to Jesus. Now, the average Baptist soul winner would have said, well, I've done all I can do and went home. But they wasn't going to be denied. So what did they do? The Bible says they crawled up on the roof and they cut a hole in the roof and they let this man down right over, uh, over top of Jesus' head. Now, I would imagine climbing up on that roof, making a hole in the roof, and then getting this guy up on that roof to let him down was not an easy task. But they were willing to put forth the effort. You know, we need to be willing to work to get people to Jesus. And I think that's one of the problems in our churches today. People don't want to put forth the effort to be soul winners. And that's a sad thing. Because we are commanded to go, and if we don't go, we're disobeying the Lord. It takes effort to get people to Jesus. It takes work. Door-to-door soul winning is work. You say, what's so hard about it? Well, come on out and find out. It's hot in the summertime and it's cold in the wintertime. And it's frustrating and sometimes depressing when you're out there trying to talk to people and they don't want to talk to you. But it takes work and it takes a willingness to go. Door-to-door soul winning is work. Running a bus route is work. To be really effective on a bus route, it takes effort. You got to visit the kids that are coming. You got to canvas new areas for new riders. <coughs> you got to keep promotions in front of the kids to encourage them to keep coming back. And on and on we could go with the effort that has to be made to run a bus to bring people to Jesus. Teaching a Sunday school class is work. I I would hope that all of our teachers spend time in preparation. I believe they do. And uh, I remember when I used to teach the junior high boys Sunday school class at Faith Baptist, I would start on Monday getting my my lesson ready for the next Sunday. I would would read through it and, and start thinking about it. Sometimes I'd make props for it. I remember I was doing, uh, um, Jephthah, is it? Who stabbed Eglon? Does anybody remember? Eager. Okay. I was doing his story. And I got to thinking about how, how am I going to emphasize this? And uh, so I made, a, I made a mock dagger like he used out of cardboard and things. Got that all prepared so so when I could show the boys how he was he was uh, carrying it on his left side, and it, it was it was a nice big dagger. It tells you how big it was, and yet when he stuck it into in, in, into Ahud, uh, it got stuck there. The guy was so fat he couldn't pull the knife back out. Mm-mm-mm. Graphic, isn't it? But having something to show the kids. But I hope our Sunday school teachers are are putting that kind of effort into their lessons. I believe they are. But that takes work. Hmm. 
Just the idea of letting our light shine before men takes work. It takes effort to keep your testimony clean and right. But we have to put forth that effort. Listen, if we want to see people come to Christ, we need to be willing to put forth the effort to bring them. And then there's another thing. It takes a united effort to get people to Christ. Here's four men. Think about this. There's four guys, and they're going to carry this guy. Now, they had to be united in their effort. They had to all agree on how they were going to do this. They had to agree on what route they were going to take. They couldn't all go their own way. They had to be in agreement, okay, this is the way we're going to go. They had to agree on how they were going to carry him, who was going to get on which corner. They had to be in agreement for it to work. Listen, if we're going to bring people to Christ, we need to have a unity in our spirit of how we're going to do that. Hmm? Getting people to Jesus requires that all those involved be moving in the same direction, striving for the same goals, and sharing in the work. And I put a little note there, teamwork. These four men, good example to us. And you know, those four men, none of them was seeking the glory for himself. None of them wanted to lord over the other ones. They cooperated with one another. And they did that willingly. None of them had their own agenda. None of them had their own method. None of them had their own plan. They all agreed on how they were going to get the job done. And that's how we need to be in our soul winning efforts. Each has to be willing to do his or her part. It took four men to carry that guy. What if one of them decided he didn't want to be a part of it? What if one of them said, no, I don't think that's my gift. You guys take him. You get in the drift? The job wouldn't have gotten done. Too many people don't want to get involved in soul winning. But that's the only way we're going to get people to Jesus. They all work together to achieve a common goal. What was the common goal? Getting this man to Jesus. We need to be unified. Each of us must be willing to do our part. Each of us must cooperate with the program. In other words, we shouldn't have a hidden agenda or a critical spirit or a rebellious spirit. You know, I thought about cooperation and getting the job done. How many of you ever heard about the Pennsylvania Dutch and their barn raisings? They can raise a barn almost completely in a day. How can they do that? They all cooperate. They all get involved and they all do what they know how to do and can do and, and for the whole program. Nobody's looking for accolades. Nobody's looking for praise. Nobody's wanting to be the head cheese. They're just all working to get the job done, and they get it done. And that's how it ought to be with soul winning. And then it takes determination. It takes determination and tenacity to get people to Jesus. These four guys weren't going to be easily defeated. They had to carry the guy. 
They couldn't walk. They had to climb up on the roof. They had to tear the roof apart. They had to lower this guy, and they had to get him up on that roof, roof somehow. And in all of that, they could have got discouraged at any point during that process and said, this is just too much work. But they didn't. They stayed with the task till they got done. They stayed with the effort until they achieved their goal, getting the man to Jesus. And, you know, I thought about that, and I thought, we need to be determined and tenacious in getting people to Jesus. We need to overcome the obstacles that we face. We have obstacles. We have the forces of hell working against us. We have our own flesh working against us. Can I just remind you, your flesh don't like to go soul winning? My flesh don't like to go soul winning. Well, why do we go? Because God says we should go. And we need to tell our flesh what it's going to do. We don't let the flesh have its way and rule and reign. We have the opposition of the unsaved world. They see you coming and they turn the lights out. They see you coming and they don't want to answer the door. They think we're Jehovah's Witnesses, so they don't want to talk to us. Sometimes they even rip up the track and throw it back at you. Hmm? We have things opposing us in soul winning, but we need to overcome those and have some determination and some uh, tenacity. We have to fight discouragement. We go week after week, and a lot of weeks we don't see anybody get saved. We think it's been a successful night if we just get to talk to somebody. A lot of times people aren't home, and the ones that are home don't want to talk to you. Hmm? That gets discouraging. You're taking your time, you're taking your energy, and you're going out there and you're wanting to give them the gospel and bring them to Jesus, and they don't cooperate. We have to face all that opposition. Probably our greatest obstacle to our getting people to Jesus is ourself. We're often our own worst enemy in this thing. We get tired, we become disappointed, disillusioned, and discouraged, and we want to quit. Hmm. I wonder where that palsied man would have been if those fellows had quit. I know he'd still be a cripple. One final thing. It takes self-sacrifice to get people to Jesus. Those who will be successful at getting people to Jesus are those who are willing to sacrifice and the ones who will do so. Think about what these men had to give up. They had to give up their time. I'm sure they had other things they could have been doing, but they had to give their time to get this guy where he needed to go. They had to give up their energy and effort to get him where he he needed to go and to get him what he needed to be in the presence of Jesus. They could have used their energy and effort satisfying and appeasing their flesh, but they chose rather to use their energy and efforts to get this man where he needed to be.
We need to be willing to sacrifice if we hope to see others come to Christ. Sacrifice our time. Listen, we only asked for an hour and a half on Thursday night. Is that so much to ask? <clears throat> you know, think about this. We all have a limited amount of time. We all get the same amount of time, 24 hours in a day. Nobody gets any more. Nobody special gets 25 hours. We all get 24 hours, and we all are given the opportunity to choose how we use those 24 hours, especially here in our country. So we've got to prioritize our time on what we think is important. The reason a lot of believers don't go soul winning is because they don't see soul winning as important. They don't put any priority on, uh, on the time it takes to go soul winning. But yet it's a command of the Lord. And we ought to put it into our schedule. We need to be willing to sacrifice some of our time. We need to sacrifice some of our effort. We need to be willing to go, to tell, to preach, to witness, to hand out tracts, etc., etc., and do the work of evangelization. I think it was Thomas Edison that said, success is 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. Work is the key. We need to be able, willing to sacrifice our talents and use our God-given talents to bring people to the Lord. I was thinking about a fellow named Paul Wren. I met him when I was at Trinity Baptist College. Paul Rim was a power lifter. He lifted weights, and there's a special regimen for power lifters. He was the world champion power lifter. But he was also a devout Christian. And we had him in to minister to our youth group. And I remember him doing some of those, those uh, uh, strongman feats, you know. He took a, a piece of iron or steel, I guess it was, and bent it and and some of those kind of things. But he had a talent, and he used it for the Lord. He went around the country speaking to youth groups and people that would listen to him. He'd get their attention by doing some of the weightlifting things, and then he'd preach Christ. He was using what he had. Listen, we have talents. We need to use them for the Lord and use them to bring people to Jesus. I thought about Brother Joe Kaiser. Joe is very capable in building. Right now, I think he's got three different churches he's helping either remodel or build a new building. Now, that's, that's a talent Brother Joe has, and he doesn't use it out there in the world. He uses it for the Lord. What kind of talent do you have that you could use for the Lord? I know this, every one of you has at least one gift that God's given you. According to Romans chapter 12, at least one. What are you doing with the talents God's given you, the abilities God's given you? We ought to use it for him. 
Well, I believe these four men are a great example for us to follow in getting people to Jesus. If we're going to do it, we have to have compassion and concern for lost people. Does it bother you that people are dying and going to hell? Do you even care? We need to have unquestioning faith. Do you really believe Jesus will save people that come to him? Do you really believe Jesus can save anybody and everybody? Do you have do we we need to have be uh, willing workers willing to put forth the effort? We need to be united in the effort. Want to be a part of the team and doing what's necessary and needed to get the job done. We need to have determination and tenacity. You know, when I think of tenacity, I always think of a bulldog. You know, sometimes pit bulls latch on to somebody and you have to literally pry their mouth open to get them loose. Sometimes they have to actually kill the dog because that dog has such tenacity he will not release. We should have that kind of tenacity that we're just, we're just not going to give up. And that's self-sacrifice. Are you willing to give up some time? Are you willing to give up maybe some, some uh, hobby or whatever's keeping you from being a soul winner? going to take all these things if we're going to see people get saved. I don't know about you, but I like to see people get saved. And I think God wants us to see people get saved, but we're going to have to learn that we have to put forth the effort. Let's bow our heads. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you this question. How many, how many believers here tonight could say, Preacher, I believe, I believe I'm, I'm doing what I can do to try to win people to Christ. Here's my hand. Put it down. I wonder how many could not raise their hand, but tonight you'd say, Preacher, I have not been trying to reach people like I should, and God's convicted me. And I'm, I'm making a commitment to the Lord right here, right now, tonight, that I'm going to get busy in this matter of soul winning. Here's my hand. Would you hold it up high? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's stand together. Father, thank you for what we see in this story of these four men. And Lord, their faithfulness and diligence and tenacity and, and uh, sacrifice, all of it. They laid it all on the line for this one man because he needed Jesus. Help us to have that kind of a spirit when it comes to soul winning. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.